Mm-hmm. No. And also this is uh well, first of all, exclusive fucking backyard podcast, number one. But also <laughs> doesn't even know the name of the show he's on. I swear backyard to God. Back pocket, a podcast by Jake and Dylan. Before we actually get into this, I'm gonna need to. I need to put on my chapstick first. Chapstick break. Chapstick. Butt scratch. Yeah, that's your opener. Chapstick. You wanted an opener. There's your. There's your fucking opener. Good thing we were recording. <laughs> and before I'm gonna, I'm gonna address the elephant in the room again. I'm in my car. Okay, can we move on from it? Let's not make it that big of a deal. How hot is it in Bakersfield today? <laughs> it is 8:07 p.m. and it is 98 degrees. God, I can't believe you're in Bakersfield, dude. I think I spent like a solid 20 minutes roasting Bakersfield. Yeah, she probably she's used to it. To wag. Insert wag. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. What was that noise? I I pushed a button and the fans started going way too high. Uh other <sighs> elephant in the room. I'm wearing over the ear headphones. Jake has probably For the made first this, time. Yeah, has probably made a point of this since we first started doing this. I don't know if you're aware of this, Armand, but I finally peer pressured him into getting over the ear headphones because Dylan was using these janky, old ass, busted ass, crusty ass Apple wired headphones. As you're using AirPods, you're roasting them for the over the head. No, because these are these are high class and high status. (laughs) High class, he says. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. I was I editing know. the last Someone episode. Dylan went to Target, got Target headphones. Yeah. No, I got. Said, I had headphones. I just need to get the Slapped a Supreme sticker on them and said, "Here we go." High these class, are, high These status. are DJ DJ headphones. DJ uses these headphones. <laughs> hey, according to the boxing. All right, can we just get into the fucking? <laughs> can we deal? just get into this already? All if right. You can't tell since we're. Oh, such, we haven't been prepping for the past forty minutes. You think since we're, we're, we're not since ready we're yet? such boys. We've just been shooting the shit. And who's who's the third voice? Who is this guy? Armand. Oh, wait. Whoever you are, voice, introduce voice. yourself. Tell the people what your deal is. Hi, people. My deal. Uh, my name's Armand Uno. Um, I've known Jake since elementary school, so way too yeah. long. Uh, I've known Dylan since, I think, high school, but Mid- we went to Penn State school. together. Middle school. We were, in, we, were in, then. we were in theater together. Were we really? Yeah, seventh grade. <laughs> I had no idea. Or like yeah, acting, so, whatever the class was. So Dylan wasn't memorable in middle Someone school. Someone didn't leave an impression. <laughs> no, but we went to Penn State. Even though he's a fake Penn Stater, he only went for the last two years. S- swept up the glory days, junior, senior year, but it was great having him. I was, I was told that I came to Penn State after it was fun. Bro, you missed the first two years, and then uh, that was definitely Marie that said that. It was right? it was after, yeah. And then they and then they killed away. a kid, and then, yeah. and then we can't have any fun anymore. Now we can't have any fun anymore. Damn right, bro. Rip. Yeah, yeah. And Armand's Armand's frat was right in the the heat of uh, there's a there's a vice. What was it? Remember, vice did a little hit piece 
like a little YouTube video in which they're going around knocking on doors, like trying to get interviews. And they're like, wow, none of none of these uh, college men seem to be answering their door to do perform an interview. They must be guilty. And then they just walk around asking, uh, asking pledges that were, you know, kids that were walking around, I guess, looking at open houses or whatever, whatever the the fraternal. uh, They were rushing the brotherhood. Yes, rushing. And I remember, Armand, I sent you the video and you're like, no shit. The kid that said he'd do anything is like one of our pledges. Let's fucking go. Because <laughs> they were asking like, what, like, where would you draw the line? And then one kid's like, oh, I would fucking do anything. Everyone else was like, <laughs> everyone else gave this nuanced answer of like, no, like that's too far. Like, no, I would that's never. Hilarious. I'm sure we all just looked at him and we're like, oh, in. you're done pledging. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. No, I don't remember about that, but I do want to watch that Vice video because I'm really curious piece, who it was. Piece. The hit piece. I mean, Penn State's gotten a lot of bad press over the Flagged years. Well, a lot of it deserved, quite honestly. But uh, some of it, it's just like they pile on a lot of shit on this school, man. Hey, we're just we're just out here in Happy Valley trying to be happy. This ain't Sad Mountain, as Dylan once told me. It's a new era, James it's Franklin. A new era, James Franklin. Goddamn, <laughs> the James Franklin era. James Franklin hasn't been James Franklin since Saquon left. Let's face <laughs> it. Tell me about it. Am I right? Football. Anyways, so Back we're going to the, talk about Penn State. Let's yeah. Sports. Let's let's talk about the topic at hand, Ooh. which is music. Yeah, and I was going to say our part in it, the way it's molded us and shaped us and turned us into the men we are today. It has. No, not at all. It has. Shut up. It has. So, I say, should we just get into these questions? Should yeah, 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 let's do it. Should we yeah, learn yeah, yeah. about the man who is in front of me on FaceTime right now? The Lord. The, the Lord. Lord. My Lord. Oh, yes. Mr. Armand. Can I ask the first question? Do you want to? Yeah, Armand. Hey, hey, buddy. What's up? What, uh, so I'm just curious. What is your music background? Like, think back to your earliest days as a youngin. Some people have done, like, a little bit of a timeline. Like when I was five years old, I remember. <laughs> and then yeah. I turned the, the ripe age of 10. Yeah. And I was introduced to the first iPod Nano. <laughs> Did any, was there yeah, like specific that's... people who got you into stuff and like maybe like your first like bands that were like, you know, your first dipping your, dipping your yeah. toes into the pool? I would say music. music has played such an immense impact in my life. Like through mm-hmm. and through, it is. All, like I do so much and I love so much music. I think it started from actually my grandpa. He was in a band for a while. He was in a, a Mighty Trio. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like three piece. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, all right. It was the three piece. It was like all a right. three piece type of mariachi band, and he would like get played on the radio in Mexico. And he's very musical. Yo. What what did he play? He played the requinto, which is like a, a smaller guitar that's higher pitched and it's got more strings, but. Um, I tried one once. It's like really hard to play. Actually, it's not like a guitar at all. It's more like a ukulele. He didn't teach you. He didn't pass it. No. Up, so here's what, happens, here's what happened. Um, is before I was born, he was a carpenter as well, and he lost on his left hand three fingers. No. And so those are uh, for all those guitarists out here, out there. If you're right-handed, your left hand is your fret hand. So he couldn't play ever again. Pretty, never got to hear him pretty play. hard to play without those yeah, fingers. Yeah, it's pretty hard to play with. You know, three of the four fingers used to, to hold down the frets. <laughs> but he didn't choose so, to live vicariously through you. He like saw your left hand no, and so saw five did, fingers he on would there. And sing. Was like, he was like a really good singer. 
And he did teach me some guitar when I was little, I remember, but like, I remember this clear memory of me just like trying to pay, play Back in Black by ACDC <laughs> as like a seven or eight year old. And he was just staring at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> this isn't but, music. It's like, no. You'll never do it, you, Yeah, I was teaching you music, not this. <laughs> but um, that, that was like, so it started with my grandpa. My, my mom's side of family has been very musical. Interestingly enough, both my parents don't have a musical bone in their body, but my brothers and I, I have two younger brothers, and we're all very musical. Um, yeah. It's very much always playing in my house. We're always, we have a ton of instruments. One of us is always playing something. And yeah, it started when I was young, played piano. I was like four or five. Play, probably till middle school like i always thought it was lame and boring at the time just because my piano teacher would only have me play classical music and i was you know trying to play acdc um picked up i want to play elton john the guitar when i was young again wasn't that great uh and after middle school like i didn't really play music until probably 15 or 16 i started playing guitar again and i just went through youtube academy taught myself and now I can play guitar, bass, ukulele. I've tried the harmonica. I'm teaching myself piano again, just like going through scales and everything. Um, right now I'm just doing like major and minor scales, but I'm still learning. I can sing. Got the pipes, baby. I got a voice. Oh, yeah. And just like, yeah, music's sing. just like all that I do, honestly. Like in my, any, any free time I get, that's what I usually put it towards. Oh, yeah. So like in terms of, in terms of stuff that you like started listening to, do you remember some of the, like the early music that you started getting into? Like yeah. more maybe stuff that was shown to you and then how that evolved into you then kind of having your own, your own taste, your own taste. Yeah. My favorite genre is funk. And I really always liked funk and disco and boogie. My favorite genre was funk. <laughs> it's like impossible to say funk and not have it like just kind of be such an abrupt. Dude, it's a like... piercing word for a piercing genre. It's just in your face, bro. That bass is in your face. And that's honestly why I love the bass. That's my favorite instrument to play. And I just did it because of funk, dude. It's so much fun. But it's just like a really fun genre. I think it's because it, um, it's like a lot of dance. I just remember clearly being a young kid listening to Staying Alive, wishing I was John Travolta in that one movie. I think I was in fourth or third grade. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. So funk was always big. I grew up really liking um, like hard rock, like ACDC, Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin. Um, at some point, I made switch to rap, and I've always really liked rap. I think my dad grew up listening to a lot of like Beastie Boys, NWA, and like a bunch of '80s and '90s rap groups. So like wait, that wait, wait, carried over. You said your dad didn't have a musical bone in his body. <laughs> no, well, maybe his ears. <clears throat> his ears. There you go. Big yeah, Rob's got go. the musical ears. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's like I grew up a bunch of different genres. Like, but the main ones I listen to is like. Uh, rock rap funk and like indie indie stuff that's another really that like around middle school and high school like when i think that's when jake and i would like share a lot of music it was very much like alternative indie kind of almost folk indie like very guitarish and yeah good stuff and you were only listening to it to try to appease jake or like find a way to hang out with him more yeah i think i'd always just wanted jake to really like me Mm -hmm. and he did i always wanted you to like me Oh my god. <laughs> now we're on the podcast and now we love each other. <laughs> Real quick before before this question fleets my mind. You mentioning your dad listening to rap. And your dad's a pretty cool guy. I've gotten to meet him a time or two. Yeah, he's hip. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, is it fair to say yeah, both your parents are actually pretty cool. Uh 
just pretty cool. Damn, well, so cold. Now I'm now I'm just envisioning. They're legends. Tell me, tell me if I'm wrong. Like you could listen to rap in the car with them, and they wouldn't say shit like "my eardrums are bleeding." Or like my dad oh my always God, was dude, like, "I have a video of literally two years ago, both my parents in my dad's car singing to Bad and Bougie." And or like two or three years ago, and it was just like my dad was like rapping the whole thing while my mom was just like at one point he just puts twerking. his arm around her and it was like big pimping, and I was like, bro, stop, like <laughs> don't do that. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, I guess like my my parents aren't really like instrumentally inclined, but my dad apparently back in back in the day was uh, the guy who would just bring out a boombox and mm-hmm. cardboard. And would just fucking break dance. Like he was one of those eighties, nineties break dance, yes. like the B boys. Yes. So in case you guys are wondering where I get my moves from. It's yeah. big rob. Popping and locking and such. That's right. Breaking it down. Ooh. Mm. That's Did you ever dope. break it down to some funk? <laughs> some of that young funk. No, that was too I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I never asked him if he liked funk. Funk. That's not funk. something that we ever talked about, my dad and me. Yeah. Funk was we always off about, the table. We don't talk about funkin'. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, the picture the picture's being painted. We're getting to know about you. Inadvertently we're getting to know about Big Rob and Claudia. So That's true. <laughs> the whole the whole Uno family is being we're we're we're, we're they're coming into 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 clear vision. Right into now. light, yeah. Can we get a little more info on your brothers, their music, and your like your role in it all because i see you as like yeah. the manager in a sense that's that's funny it, it i say that because issue okay so both my brothers i have two younger brothers ethan and ishmael ethan it well they they did a thing together for a while and it was called uno sound fans uno fans of the show favorite. will remember one of our early episodes and we would still do fake ad reads we did an ad for uno sound that is incredible. I need to save that. Clip it and ship it. Keep it forever. Yeah, go check it out. Um, that's, yeah, so Uno Sound is definitely, was popping off. Um, so Ethan and Ish, Ethan has always been, music, like you could tell, you, there was a video from when we were, he was four and I was six and I was practicing the piano and I was fucking up and Ethan was under my hand, like playing the correct notes. He didn't have lessons. Like I was taking piano lessons and I was practicing. He was just sitting there. Shit. He was playing the right notes and I was like smacking his hand like, bro, get away. And he, he just like legit looked pissed that I was playing wrong. Like Ethan's just always had that ear and uh, he started producing when he was 10 I or 11 years old. I sense animosity or jealousy, the way you're talking about this and just how visceral this mm, reaction this, is. There's I'm... very, definitely some deep seated rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I didn't know this was a therapy session. <laughs> it always turns no, out. No, it way. was, it was, uh. What was I saying? Oh, he's been producing since he was like 10 or 11. So he started doing music, um, went through a lot of piano theory, went through a lot of, he went to college for music. So now he's an artist. He's a musician. He's got his stuff out on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud. Check it out. Yeah, go check it out. Uh, and then Ish was doing music with Ethan for a while. They were originally doing rap, but they were not really, it wasn't really meshing with them, I guess. One of my favorite things is, Jake, you remember the songs like... Uh, under my shirt and all that under my shirt i will still tell anyone like i will play yeah. that for people because i have it saved on soundcloud i'm just like yo 
My friend's younger brothers made this, and it still is they one of the like hardest songs. And 15 when they did that. I love just the fact that like the shit you hear in that song is like, yeah, these kids grew up in like in like suburbia, you know? Yeah, <laughs> the shit that so they're talking. That was talking the other about. thing. My mom one time just had to like sit Ethan down and was like, "Dude, what are you doing talking about bitches and hoes? Like, <laughs> this is not you. <laughs> like, it's not you, not you. So like, please give it up." But um ethan's just always been musical he's just finding like his sound and even now he's still finding sound but he's doing a lot better and like actually narrowed it down he's he's much more like pop guitarish kind of influenced by uh more of like the beebs and some olivia rodrigo sounds who mm-hmm. else does he look up to like jeremy zucker so stuff like that uh more pop more like mellow um mellowish pop Mm-hmm. and so that's ethan ish was doing music with ethan but then he realized that's not what he wanted to do he wants to be on the managing side so now he's a manager he's going to college for like the music industry and he's learning how to manage artists he's worked at a couple music festivals and realized he doesn't like the the touring life as much like he's not the biggest fan of stage managing and live yeah. stuff so he wants to more manage artists mm-hmm. as a whole rather than like live performances but yeah that's their that's that's my brother's. Uh, this is just a long-winded way of saying music's very central to not just me, but like my entire family, and that's why it's always been a part of who I am, and what I do. But aside from being a supportive older brother, I feel like there's also an element where, like, I don't know. I always felt like you were kind of involved as a yeah, yeah. Like I can almost actually, like a managerial role in a sense. You you want to hear how uh, old ways actually came together? Yes. I, is this, I is this an lot. exclusive leak? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Like, I, no one really knows this stuff. But uh, so you heard it here first. EP. Back pocket exclusive. Back pocket exclusive. LA but leakers drop that shit. <laughs> flip it and ship it. So when Ethan knew he wanted to make a project, but he didn't know what exactly it was about, he had like 15 songs that was on it. And to me, I remember I was flying from Boston to San Diego. I was coming back home and Ethan sent me all these. He's like, hey, I know I want to make a project, but like, what should I do? And that entire six hour plane ride, I just sat with a pen and paper and listened to every single one of those songs over and over. And I just listened to like how they made me feel. Like, what did the lyrics say? What did the music do? Like, which ones go together and what doesn't? And uh, after many listens, I realized eight of those songs all kind of had a <laughs> eight of those songs were scrapped. fucking no garbage ever hear. No. <laughs> um, they they all kind of had like a message to them they all were like saying thing they had like musically they sounded the same they were in like there, there was some sort of thing there that you could work with the others it was just like up and down like hit or miss you could tell he was trying different shit and it was just like not really working and so i just like i remember coming back on that plane ride and being Ethan, I like didn't he, I, I said hi to everyone like really quick. And I was like, Ethan, dude, we got to debrief on this. Like, I got it. <laughs> and so what we did then is we went over. Uh, so I had this one sales training that taught me when you're making like campaigns for emails, tell a story and it would be better. And the example he used was um, Rick and Morty's Dan Harmon, the creator. Every single episode of Rick and Morty goes through the Dan Harmon story circle. And it's like eight steps. And it's a very specific like every single episode these steps all happen but the story is completed and i was kind of like showing ethan that and then i showed him the songs and i was like hey these songs all kind of like have this theme to them uh you can piece them together like the puzzle pieces are there and the structure of a story is there just like put the puzzle pieces in and create a story with it and that gave him like you can see like the creativity in him he's like oh i got it so he did the same with ish ish kind of told him and cut it down to five songs and then what ended up of the album after was like a really cool 
like life of a relationship, basically. Like the very first song, Only Know Your Name, is about seeing someone online, like whether it be Instagram, you know, online dating, Hinge, Snapchat, but like you've never actually met them in person. Like I only know your name. And it's like, you get excited to see this person. The second song, Untied, is about like being in a relationship with someone, like getting into it. Uh, favorite part is like when a relationship, like when it gets hard is our favorite part is kind of the verse. So it's like, you can tell you're with someone that you like, but you also know that it's not forever. Then Miss Me comes out, the fucking slapper of the whole thing. And it's uh, when I'm gone, you don't even miss me. It's kind of like the, the, you're in this phase of like everyone's experience when something's over and like you clearly miss them, but they've moved on. Drinking That's champagne the till you dizzy. <laughs> and then finally the last song old ways is like uh closing it off like that's when when the main character of this story is like finally over it they're done they've moved on and the person the girl then comes back and tries to get get him back with her old ways and he main character is just like nah i'm done with that and it was uh, really cool how ethan was able to turn like a couple songs into a story and that was like kind of my role was just uh, Ethan was very in the weeds and I've always been very like long-term vision kind of focused and he's very like detail oriented. So it was just like helping him kind of take that step back. And then the album just like wrote itself. He already had the songs like old ways has been a demo for like two years, but he finally put it, he knew where to put it and it all came together. And that's, that was like, it was a really fun thing to see happen. It was pretty dope. So f- from my understanding, what I just heard is that you basically wrote old ways like Pretty this much. entire that is so. your baby that is your project you are like the ghostwriter behind it all mm-hmm. no and also this is uh well first of all exclusive fucking backyard podcast number one but also <laughs> doesn't even know the name of the show he's on i swear backyard to god podcast. Uh, back pocket sorry uh, ba- the backyard. <laughs> hey jake you want to go out and record in the backyard I should. We should call it back car. <laughs> uh, anyways, back to it. That gave me a good laugh. I needed yeah, that. Sorry. <laughs> I forget what I was saying. I did too. My embarrassment is uh, well, really crazy. You really derailed the whole conversation with that so, one. Well, I'll cap. Yeah. I'll cap that part of the conversation off by just saying, your brother's live performances are elite. He's a very. He's a very gifted live performer because i remember the first time listening to the ep ep yeah yeah proper title um (laughs) i remember listening to it and being like okay like i kind of like this but then i i watching your brother perform live made me have way more like intrigue and like want to go back and listen just because like seeing his passion on stage and just like hearing how good his voice like i figured his voice was super auto-tuned or something but it wasn't, and I was like, "Damn!" And you had also said, "Like I, like am in the room right next to him. He's always fucking practicing and singing, and he's gotten way better." Dude, probably sings like four hours a day, maybe more. Bro, that fool. He's a he's a phenomenal musician. Yeah, <laughs> he's been saying it for years. He's going places. All right, enough yeah. about Ethan. Back to Armand. The older. Back brother. to Armand. The <laughs> Armand. Uno that we know and love. The writer of old ways. No, that's <laughs> not true. That was that was also like that was definitely my interpretation of the album like you ask him you ask H, you ask anyone else um it's going to be different but i think that's the the cool thing about art is that a lot of the times it's the audience and the people enjoying it kind of complete the pieces mm-hmm. um, that's just my opinion on that mm-hmm. well yeah. said so we've talked about our past 
Let's talk about the present, shall we? Armand, what's uh, what's in your rotation right now? What's what's some stuff that you've been listening to? Maybe getting into? What uh, what have you been jamming on recently? Yeah, I don't have like anything in particular. Lately, I've been really just like shazamming songs that I like whenever I'm out and about or just around, and then I'll listen to those until I find another song to shazam or get bored of it. But I've been more so listening to podcasts just because. I don't even know, like when I'm at the gym, I kind of didn't know what to listen to anymore. Like I just had exhausted the songs that I'm used to. I'm not as like searching of new music as I once was Mm -hmm. just because it is a a time consuming process to, you know, scour SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, like all of it. And so I'm just like been more sticking to podcasts and like trying to listen to that whenever I'm at the gym. I'm a really big fan of, uh, hopefully I get the name right uh armchair expert oh Dak um, shepherd that's a yeah with Dak shepherd i really like that podcast i think it's so fun to listen to i think he's hilarious and it's really cool to get like insider info on the entertainment industry like he talks to a lot of actors and actresses directors screenwriters he's like good friends with you know bradley cooper and that episode was interesting because they have great chemistry but it's also like you see a side to the guy that like you only see in these high level movies winning oscars uh, but then he's also had guests like Barack Obama, which that was a really cool episode. And like one of the princes, I can't remember. I don't want to say, yeah, Harry. I don't want to say the wrong name. Yeah, yeah, the good one. Because there's, there's a bad one. There's a bad. <laughs> I think, uh, I think you might be eye. thinking of uh, Prince Albert. No. Which, who's that? <laughs> That's a type of dick piercing you can get. <laughs> I had no idea. Right over the heads. You guys should have been, audience, you should be able to see the blank expressions I got. But. <laughs> You guys don't I'm, know a good Prince Albert? I was sitting Never here <laughs> thinking as Armand talks so highly of the armchair armchair expert. Is that what it's called? Yeah. He's going to drive all of our listeners to the armchair expert. So remember, everyone, reminder to listen to the Backyard Podcast before you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely going to be a Always listen to that Backyard Podcast. That oh, might yeah. be... From now on, I'm just going to double down. It's the Backyard Podcast in my head. I will never hey. from now on out call it the Back Pocket Podcast. That's okay. That's okay. Whenever you're on, it'll be the Backyard Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Can backyard, we really film it in again. all next, of our backyards? Next time, next time I'm down in San Diego, we'll do a, we'll do a Backyard recording. A Backyard episode? Come on. All right. Nice. <laughs> um, I will say, if you do like Armchair Expert, uh, you should check out Smartless. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. It's with um, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, and it's not. I don't. I don't know. It's. I don't know if it's quite as. I'm not saying not that armchair experts like highbrow, but like they do a lot of like entertainment industry people and like talk to them, and it's you can see a cool side of people as well. Yeah, the episode with Will Arnett is so fun. Also, Will Arnett and Jason Bateman together are hilarious. He has Will Arnett has one of my favorite quotes. It was on a talk show. He said. If having bad ideas, or like if you could get paid for having bad ideas, I'd want drilling rights to his head, like something <laughs> like that. And I was like, "Damn, bro, that's such a good roast." Yeah, do they? They always like the three of them are just constantly roasting each other. It's great. So I would highly recommend. All right, I'll check it out. I wrote it down. So tomorrow yeah. at the gym, so I'm yeah. hit. Give it a listen. Aside from aside from podcasts, when you were listening to music. What genre? What genre were you in? Um, what 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 stuff were you like shazamming? I guess maybe let's just put it that way. Like what shazamming? Yeah, a lot of 
dude a lot of it really depends on like the mood the place that i'm at like the gym it's strictly rock or rap like i don't listen hell to yeah, like, anything else besides hell yeah brother <laughs> anything else besides that i've been talking to like a lot of people who say they're edm people i don't really listen to edm by choice like i did when i was in high school but that kind of stopped um it's not yeah not edm by choice i really like alternative and alternative indie like um kind of folk indie um just not in the gym music that you would listen to at the forest basically uh funk music anything high energy like i think that's what i love so much about funk is the fact that it's it, like you can't not want to dance when you hear it like it's just so groovy the the beats going so fast like you just want to get up and jab hey worth worth asking as well are you making some music right now uh here and there not like not actually but if ever i have friends i really like okay my favorite thing is not making to record it's uh jamming like making live music with people i'm actually going with a friend on saturday he's got a couple people going at his place and the hardest thing is to find a drummer just because they're so freaking loud and like so my friend has a, a set of drums and so we're all just going to go to his place and like jam out. So that's, that's been my favorite type of making music is um, just playing live music with people and seeing where, seeing where the muses take us. Yeah. Cause the, this past weekend on Saturday night when we went over, yeah, yeah. Uh, you were in the midst of recording some sort of audio and then yeah, I was singing, you heard the pipes. Yeah. And then the week before, you guys were jamming. A few of our friends were jamming. It was you, Darren, Harry, Tommy, and then Tommy was there. Yeah, was I missing anyone else? Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy was on the on the keys. The keys. And then Take all of a sudden, like you guys, you guys were. I mean, I was just sitting there listening, and then all of a sudden, like Armand, you were very inquisitive, like like trying to figure something out. You and Jimmy were like going tit for tat with some sort of sound, trying to like make something work. And then all of a sudden, you're like, "All right, Tommy, we got it figured out now." You and then next thing you know, Tommy was like, you guys played whatever you played. And then Tommy pulled out his phone so that he could record it because he's like, I don't want to forget this because yeah. this whatever we just made is like actually kind of a song. and has semblance of yeah. something kind of good. That's the that's the beauty, but also like the like beautiful in a way that like it's also lost part of jamming. Sometimes you just make this like phenomenal music where you're like, whoa, I can't believe I was a part of that but then no one was recording and like no one has any way of saving it. And you're just like, I might forget that baseline in the future. Or like I might not remember, but like you still think back, it's more like you forget the songs, but you always think back to the session. You're always like, that was a really fucking good jam. And like, you know who was there. So, you know, like who's got what role, like what their strengths are. Like Tommy's really good at blowing and he's like, like very good at uh, knowing the scales on the guitar. So he can go up and down the scales really well. So that's always great is like knowing what people's strengths are and then just like, especially on the bass, which is my favorite instrument is like, your role is really to back people up. Like you're holding down the rhythm, you're holding down the fort, you're keeping it strong. You're I, I, like as in line with the drums as you can possibly be, but like you're also playing bass lines that like accentuate the piano or the guitars like strengths. Like you're trying to make it so that they sound better. And that's, that's like a really fun part is like playing the instrument that you play well to and knowing strengths and then keep going. What are your strengths and weaknesses as a bassist? As a bassist? Ooh, okay. So, so give me like a little like FIFA spider web. Oh, yeah, yeah. What are your strengths and weaknesses as a lover? Technically, it's the <laughs> bass same. Bass player, as sorry. The bass. As the bass. Technically, not that great. 
but I got <laughs> so much soul, bro. I got so much rhythm. Like I, I'm, I have a really good like internal metronome just cause I play a lot with actual, I mean the, the way to practice, just play with the metronome. So I play a lot with like a metronome, drum back beats, like things with rhythm. So I have a really good sense of rhythm just naturally. So I can always keep up with the drums. And even if there is no drums, I can generally stay in time. Uh, and then I have really good, like, I just feel the music. I don't know. It's like very soulful, but I'm not like a technical bass player. Like I couldn't tell, like I, whenever I play with people and they're like, yeah, we're in um, a minor key. Um, that's a, like, you're playing a C, you should be playing a G. I'm like, uh, bro, you got to tell me like first fret, third note. Like, I don't like point to want me to play i'm not gonna know what an a is um so yeah it's more like i i play a lot by ear and i listen but i'm not uh you, you, I, you couldn't put me in a room of like theory musicians or jazz musicians and expect me to like whip something good out they just say oh this guy's an idiot untrained yeah. uncivilized this guy's this a moron <laughs> very cool very cool now <laughs> the part of the show backyardigans Back well backyardigans let's you talk about let's talk about an album that we all know and love so the album that armand chose is whatever you say i am that's what i'm not by the arctic monkeys their debut album amazing album and so debut. before whoa, before whoa, whoa. we save your thoughts for later <laughs> before we get into it armand what's your what what's the reason you wanted to choose the album what's your tell us about your connection to it this is one of those albums that i feel like i can listen to all the way through and it's just like banger after banger like there's just so many good songs on it and uh another one another one would actually be the internet by childish gambino uh and then another album that i have like a lot of sentimental value to uh it's definitely a hot take is the life of pablo by kanye I fucking love it's one of my favorite albums. Very good. Yeah. These are like just albums that, you know, not maybe not like every song would I like sit and choose to listen to, but like I could listen to the whole album through and be like the entire time that I have just have a great experience Mm -hmm. and a great time. Um, And I've just been listening to that a lot more. I've been trying to like, I've been, when I practice the bass, I've been doing a lot more rock songs and like older, like alternative stuff. So I've really, um, that's just been on my mind and, yeah, dude, I I just love this album so much. Like, it's so it's such a good piece of art. Like every like everything about this album. To think about this was their debut album. Like their their first album coming out big on the scene. Like they had music, but this was their first big one. Broke records in both the UK and the US. Fastest and selling it's album just in like, the UK when it debuted. Yeah, and it's just like I think it went like seven times platinum, which is insane. And it it just was like uh, I really like albums that that have like a a coherent thread to them and like this entire album like you can almost picture it visually too like any images i think of this is like in black and white it's like at at the bar scenes like at, it's just like busy streets at night like everyone's going out partying it's like it's just very cool how aesthetic they made it and like whatever they were going for uh you know maybe at the time i didn't really like i i thought about this a lot as we were preparing for this episode like at the time i didn't really know what exactly they were going for but i knew whatever it was like they did a really yeah, good job of they it. Nailed it. Um, yeah. And then like actually being able to sit down and like prepare stuff to talk about gave me so much deeper appreciation to this album. So I really, yeah, I would, I would have to agree too with you. Like the fact that this is their debut, it's fucking mind blowing. I think Dude, that's insane. Like actually insane within like the Arctic monkeys fan base. I mean, a lot of people will tell you that this is their favorite album that they have put out and 
you know, I think it's one of their best just in the terms of like, it's so raw and has so much fucking energy in it. And like what you said too, like what they're depicting is a lot of just like young, like dumb, horny kids that just want to go out and just hit, yeah. the, hit the clubs Dude, and drink like, and dance and just have a great fucking time. This album is like the epitome of drug, sex, rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. But like in 2006, like yeah. where that wasn't like 70s or 80s, like this is 2006 version of that. And then it, you take all that and it's like UK. Yeah. Jacob, yeah, glad actually, you said like horny kids going out. Like, cause that's when I, cause that's when, Dylan. Well, no, when I was listening me, to baby. it, when I was listening, I was thinking, you know, of all these years of since middle school of Jake and Tommy geeking out over Arctic monkeys and like telling me I should listen to this album, this album, this album. And I just never actually like knew where to start. But I remember uh, the one song I had ever like really, really checked out or like downloaded on my iPod probably at the time in middle school was I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. And so when when Armand, when you suggested this album and then I just saw the cover, I was like, wait, that's the Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor album cover from my you know iTunes account <laughs> back when I was in middle school. And I was like, all right, like, I wonder if all the songs are going to be kind of like that. And then sure enough, like right out of yeah. the gate, it's just like every in your face, song, like dude. every song just feels like, oh, yes, these guys are probably in their early 20s. And like, and then oh, to hear that yeah. it's their debut album. I was like, all right, cool. Good for them. That's Good for them sense. to come, come on strong. <laughs> dude. And then like musically, what I like about it, I like that it has like really punchy bass lines. Like dude, that's something the bass lines are, are really so good. good in this. I like how clean the guitar sounds, but it's also like crunchy. Like a lot of rock and like, um, I was even listening to the Black Keys today as well. And some of their older stuff, it's like really good guitar, but it's distorted and it's like kind of wavy of and it gives it its own sound and it's really wonderful. But like this one, it's it's like crunchy, but at the same time, clean tone. Like you hear it all the way through. And I thought that was really cool how they managed to pull that off as well as the drums and like, obviously Alex Turner's voice is so cool. I actually had this conversation like last weekend um, where we were talking about the and saying how it's really cool how he just lets his Australian accent rip. Like a lot of times yes. people from Australia or the UK, they will like hide their accents almost and sound even American. Mm -hmm. um, but like this was the example I used was the Arctic Monkeys, how like you can hear their accent through. And then the one I used for someone from the UK that sounds American. And when I said it, the guy was like, I didn't even know he was British, is Harry Styles. He sounds very American when you hear him. Like you think of the song yeah. Watermelon Sugar, and you can't really hear his accent, but I mean, good song nonetheless. I'm not bashing his music. I'm just saying, like, the accent plays more of a role in so he's just you know, the chats or he's just yeah, a fake yeah, tale of San American Francisco wannabe. changing his entirety. Yeah. I think I think one of the things that like is the reason it, <laughs> it comes through so much is the fact that they're from you know like a more northern part um, of England. So it's not like the the proper posh yeah. like, English accent that some people may see on TV. It's a bit more of the like guttural and. Um, <laughs> a bit rough and abrasive yeah exactly also too with just like the instrumentation on this album i will forever stand by the fact that i think that matt helders who is their drummer is i think he's one yeah. of the he's, he's one of the all-time like best drummers ever and i think this album like just showcases that so fucking well when when you have the opening when the view from the afternoon comes on when you press play on the album I mean, there's, it's a, it's a lot of crashing, but it's just like, you know, just the fucking drums just come through so goddamn hard and it just gets <laughs> And they're, dude, their words are so, like, instrumentation phenomenal. He's an incredible drummer. And their words, like, the first line 
of the entire of their debut album is anticipation has a habit to set you up for disappointment. Like that's a pretty powerful statement right there alone. And here they are just using it in these rock songs. Like views from the afternoon is great. They're all God, they're all so good. Yeah. I, I also agree with what you're saying too. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's the case for essentially um, like almost every Arctic Monkeys album for me. So I mean, I'm a bit biased cause they are one of my all time favorite bands, but yeah. dude, this, this album there's not a single song on it for me that doesn't hit and like nothing there's not there's they don't miss on this album as kids might yeah. say today you know it's do you just, have a favorite no skips huh? do you have a favorite so my favorite on this album is actually uh, it, I, I would it, probably have it. to say it's when the sun goes down because like that's my favorite too dude go, Jay. Yes. <laughs> when i when i think back to when i was a younger guy back in like middle school first getting into arctic monkeys dude i probably i've listened to when the sun goes down like easily north of a hundred times like i it's just it's so fucking good the, the slow beginning and then just the hard fucking crash you know just and then it yeah. just all comes together at the end and it's interesting too like when i like because I never paid attention to the lyrics on a lot of their songs. Probably, you know, this is a th- I've said it before. One of the reasons why I love doing this is when, especially when there's albums that I already know, I get to take a deeper look into like the lyrics and shit. And this album, yeah. especially, you know, it's a lot of shit that I overlooked and didn't notice before. But yeah. when the song goes down, I, I did know a little bit about it already just because I like it so much. And, you know, it's just a, a, a great song about uh, prostitution and you know get getting dirty with it and uh, how that song came to be uh no the only the the, only fact i know about it is that they almost called it scummy that's true yeah Yeah. um i i like just read this uh, again doing prep like looking at the album a little deeper and i saw that it was a sound engineer where they were practicing originally it was a shitty area of town and he would say like, hey, make sure to lock up whenever you guys are done at night because it changes when the sun goes down. Like, he was like, someone actually said that to me. And we were like, that makes for a pretty good song. <laughs> but going off to what you were saying about the lyrics, like, it's really interesting when I listen to this all the way through, how many songs have the theme of it's a different world at night versus during the day. Yes. Like, you have when the sun goes down. Another one I saw, I bet you look good on the dance floor. He's talking about seeing a girl during the day and saying, I wonder what she looks like at the club when she's going out. Like, I'm sure she looks different. And then in the song, uh, from the Ritz to the rubble, he mentions the opposite of that. He wakes up next to a girl and he's like, she's not what I thought she was the night before. Like a lot of times, um, yeah, there's like this constant theme of like, things are different at night when you're going out versus Mm -hmm. during the day. Yeah. It's like, it's an ode in ode to nightlife. Uh Oh, folks. Armand fucking took his fucking notes. He was on a flight from Boston to San Diego, whipped out the notepad, and just went into storylines, themes, found everything from all 13 songs, just like he did with Old Ways. I do it all for the Backyardigans to provide content. <laughs> um, um, not Everything I do is for the people. Sorry to cut you off, Armand, but Dylan, did you not? Are you no, not no, bringing no. your A game, bud? I bring my A game, but this is my my <laughs> first my first ever listen of this through. And actually, Damn. Jake, yeah, when let's, you let's get let's get you talk more about yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're the uh, you're the it's it's being graced upon virgin ears. So, Jake, when you were about to say your favorite song, I I don't know if you heard me like 
I muttered like, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Cause I was really <laughs> expecting it to be like the way you, the way you prefaced it. I thought you were like, I think you'd be surprised that I'm going to say this, but, and I thought you were going to say it was going to be riot band because it's like the one song yeah. on this album that is like so different from everything else. I, the only, um, and to cut you off really quick, the only reason I did say that is because like in the beginning, it's a bit of like a slower song, you know? So it, the ending fits more so with the high energy, high octane, yeah. you know, theme. But yeah, the intro isn't quite as much. I was thinking the other thing too is like it's also one of the few songs that has a when the sun goes down is one of the few songs that has a, a, a music video, which usually entails that it's like an incredibly popular song, which I thought maybe now you were saying like. I don't want to be that like hype beast guy that like. Oh no! I think I it was likes. no. I think it was the most popular. I don't know if it is still now. A certain kind of romance ended up coming up, um, or I bet you look it on the dance floor. But I think at the time um, when the sun goes down, it was actually a single before. I think it was a single before the album was released, and it was like well, definitely one of their more popular songs. Yeah, yeah. I I am but not. I'll a... hype beast that song any day, bro. No, yeah, no, no shame in in loving that because. Yeah, ever since, you know, I was fucking 12, it's been one of my favorite songs. <laughs> so, listening to this album, Riot Van was the one song that, like, really, I think why I enjoyed it so much was that it was, like, this nice little halftime, like, like gave me a yeah. chance to catch my breath of, like, whoa, I've just had everything in my face, like, for the past six songs, and then finally something that's, like, like at first I was, I was expecting it to be like very like complete and balanced, like just Riot Van, just based on how slow it was. I was like expecting something more, but then I grew to appreciate just how simple and like subtle of a two minutes and 15 seconds that it was. And then that basically, I mean, with it being 13 songs, like it's right in the middle. It is just this little like yeah. intermission, get your chance, catch your breath and then strap back up. Also but too, it still I think matches the theme though. I'm pretty sure the, it's, the words it's all about like, Man not being of age to drink and like how did yeah. you not know there was it's about a it's about like it's told through the eyes of a bouncer like a security guard right Vaughn it's it's fuck the police that's what it's about fuck I think cops, man yeah us from our suburbia fuck the police am I right Jake grew up saying it still believe it <laughs> fuck 12 <laughs> so probably my favorite song yeah, give us so Riot Van was the one that like really stuck out, like where I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to go back and like make sure I listen to that because everything, everything up until that point was like just kind of like blending together, like they were all kind of similar in a sense, mm-hmm. um, and then that one just stuck out. But then Marty Bum, you guys are the are the real OG fans here. But, That's my second favorite. On okay, the album. yeah, because I my mean, if if you're talking about popular songs, you're a pretty basic bitch for like really. No, I I love that song, dude. Like I don't. I don't care how popular a song is when it comes to Dude, this they're song. popular for a reason. Yeah. They're fucking good. They're awesome. I'm a simple man. I just, yeah. with that song, it felt the most balanced to me. Like, it felt like it had a little bit of versatility, a little bit of everything. And, like, maybe, like, one of the lesser aggressive songs. Not that... Mm-hmm. And, and sure. Armand, like you said, so much of it has to do with, like, what mood I'm in. And as I was listening, I happened to be driving down the coast. And Ooh, like, that's a good Ooh. driving down the coast song yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Especially the little the little guitar riff, like dan 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 dan. such a such a happy song. And that's I was about to say, like, you guys are also more technical than I am in the sense that that guitar, like this the sound of that guitar is just that and then whatever's used on on Riot Van, like something about it is just lighter. Is that the notes, the chords, what 
it's not a totally different guitar, is it? Like what what no, is it probably, that makes this sound not. like? I mean, idiot. I mean, the, the different chords that you can play can like chords are often used like in similar ways. I feel like like certain chords can be can help with like a more dark feeling or a more happy yeah. upbeat sound. Yeah. And another thing would be like the amp it goes through, the filters, guitars going through, like yeah. if it has different pedals and things like that, that'll all affect uh, the way it comes out. I've seen your frown and it's looking down. It's like looking down the barrel of a gun. Yeah. Do with that. And it goes off. Yeah, that's a... Apparently, Marty Bum's, uh, again, more fun facts. You guys want a fun fact? Dude. It'll be fun. Right on. uh, It's just slang um, in that part of the UK for a moody girl. Like just someone who's a pouty. Someone who's who's moody moody and complains a lot. I can't. I'm going to use that. Yeah, I know a couple Marty around here yeah i'm talking to two of them (laughs) yeah i think it's a i it's i think it's a pretty like i think it's a pretty poetic song honestly and it's a very like you know it's very sad when you really listen to it like the it's got a nice catchy like melody and the guitar riff but it's it's about a relationship just coming to an end like a long-term relationship and this this person who is clearly like the reason that things are ending, I think they may be the quote unquote Marty Bum, maybe. Who knows? But them just trying to be like, oh, you know, like the think about the good times that we have, then it's like uh, it's it's hard to do that when when I see that look on your face right now. And so yeah. no know, knowing that things are on their way out, but doing your their best to salvage it, it's pretty pretty sad. It is. The writing the writing is really good. I wonder do you Jake, do you think um and I say Jake because I, I feel like Dylan. This is just not a band. Yeah, that Dylan. You to that Dylan, much, right? go uh, go drink your juice Dylan, box you or something. Right the men are talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if I told you I had to take juice, a piss? Dylan. How fitting. Go get me an apple juice. <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll bring you guys. <laughs> Do you with think me, like though? this? Yeah, come the Songwriting um, continued. What? Like their their level of songwriting? Do you think it continued through and through uh, as they kept going? You know, all the way up until AM. I think, and if you you know, look into the whole, like, arti- art- artistic monkeys, Arctic monkeys, like, community, a lot of people will kind of say that their writing has tapered off. I guess I would, I would maybe, I don't know. And it's a guess, I, I feel like it's a really good question, because yeah. Alex Turner, I think, is a great writer. I think this, it's just like, this album was written so well, you know, and yeah. like what you were saying, like, what it was trying to talk about, it did, and it encapsulated yeah this whole scene this like uk party scene that was going on at the time and youth and angst and stuff like that so but yeah maybe maybe it's just the fact that they haven't necessarily been going for as like hard or not that this is a heavy hitting topic but i don't know maybe it's it's not necessarily unified themes and and I wonder if it has anything to do something that like ethan was telling me about that i never really put two and two together but kind of happens to a lot of artists is the this like almost a curse of success for these artists what happens is when you start you spend so much time in the limelight a lot of what made you successful early on was how relatable you were to people but like you get these big houses you have so much money like you have fame like everywhere you go people know who you are you kind of lose touch with that like relatability and it does impact your your writing in a yeah. sense and like the music you make because you make music that reflects you and your experiences, but like you can't really reflect with the masses yeah. if you're 
you know, like how does MJ, someone like MJ, who is like, pro- like one of the most famous people on the entire face of the earth that has lived, like anywhere he goes, he could be recognized before social media, before yeah. we had phones to like connect every, like, how is this guy supposed to make music relating to people? Yeah, no, like, his later it's, albums. It's for, sh- it's for sure a problem yeah. that happens with artists. Like it's, it's a lot easier to relate to a song about my shitty car not starting versus like, I need to get a new paint job on my boat. Like no one's going to be like, Oh, you poor thing. And it, dude, it happens a lot. It's, I know it's a problem. I've heard a lot of comedians talk about it as well. Like, was that, you know, yeah. when you're, when you're off the cuff, like you came up with that, that saying right there off the dome, wow. buddy. Yeah. I was thinking like maybe you had heard that somewhere before and I was, that's no, impressive. I just thought of a metaphor. Drop in the chat below if you've heard that before. And we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we'll I've actually been, work- I've been workshopping that for a long fucking time, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that segued perfectly into it. Um, but yeah, comedians have that problem a lot too of just like exactly what you're saying, Armand. Like when, you know, when you're coming up, you're, you're just a, a man of the people, a woman of the people. You're a bozo. You're a bozo. You're a, bozo you're a fucking wise guy. You're, you're, uh, you're a moron. And yeah, once you start getting famous and shit, you you have famous people problems, and you make famous people observations, and so yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. I you know someone who's good at kind of pointing that out and uh, just making a joke of it is Kevin Hart. Yeah. His like even his later specials, he does a good job of being like, listen, guys, self aware. I'm, I'm stupid rich, <laughs> but like I'm also you know just a dad like doing my life and all this shit, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, I think it, it, it also it also points to just like keep keep living life and having experiences because yeah if you if you fell into a trap of getting super successful and just staying in your own bubble you know that's you're living a life but it's it's through like almost a a pinhole versus seeing the whole thing there's like different levels to success you could be financially successful but like spiritually or personally just an awful person (laughs) and then like yes you may be winning in what you judge yourself but like are you really winning as a person you know, that's subjective. That's up to the, the observer, I guess. Shit. I was about to say, uh, all right, DJ Khaled. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We're winning. Another winning as a person. That's the thing, Again. man. They don't, they don't want you to win. They don't want you. They don't, they don't, don't want to see me win. They don't want to see me Dylan win. doesn't want to see me winning out here. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Anything else we need to touch on with this album? I'm seeing songs like. Uh, dude, it's just all oh, fake tales of San Francisco, dancing shoes. Oh, dude! One thing vampires, I will say: red lights, fake oh. tales of San Francisco. Now um, living in San Francisco, it's crazy because oh, so dude, I, I relate to it so <laughs> fucking much. <laughs> I thought that's what it was like, but it's not. I um when I when I first went up to San Francisco to tour uh, colleges with my dad, we we got off the plane, got in our rental car, and we weren't even like oh, we weren't even away from the airport full on yet. And I was just, I, I, was, I grabbed the aux cord and I was just, dad, I, I need to play this song. And I just started playing it and I was like, yeah, this is right. <laughs> this, this is how it's supposed to be. And my dad was like, oh, I see San Francisco. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm in San Francisco. <laughs> Life is good. Oh, dude, I was like 17, 18, you know, touring college. Damn, I was really hoping you'd say like 15 and it would be a little bit more like, all right, <laughs> nah. you know, it's. Actually, 16, 17, 18. Right. I don't remember when exactly. Maybe 14. I'll, I'll let it slide. 12. All right. The last song I'll talk about on this album is uh, Red Lights Indicate Doors Are Secure. Just because this is something I've actually experienced is like the theme of this song. We've all experienced, but I have a story that kind of matches with it. 
Uh, it's it's about not being able to get a taxi cab and then like trying to start your night. <laughs> yeah, trying to either at the beginning or at the end, and like the last part when he says red lights indicate doors are secure. It's because of that light on in taxis when like you're trying to jump out and run so that you don't have to pay the fare. And I, it just reminds me like one night in Boston, me and my friend were like coming back from the bars and we didn't have, like Uber wasn't, it was just full. Like we didn't have anything. We see this guy waiting and we walk up to this Uber driver and we're like, so you waiting for someone? He's like, yeah. And we're like, we'll Venmo you so that Uber doesn't <laughs> take their cut. And he like thinks for a second. He's like, all right, get it. And we're like, sick. So we get in the location. We're like talking to this guy, but slowly we're just thinking like, wait, how much are we going to have to give him? Like, how much is he going to charge us for this? It is kind of a surge. We don't know. Like, we're just in a random man's car and, like, Uber's not there to back us up. Like, we're just in this dude's car. And we're going to pay him. Fair trade. Yeah, fair trade. Slowly but surely, my friend and I are like, are you going to pay for this? Like, are you going to stay in this car? And he asked for a Venmo. That was, like, absurd. I paid him half and my friend, like, didn't pay him. And he was like, you guys need to get out. And he just like, makes us get out in the middle of the street in Boston, like not even close to our place. And we just walk the rest of the way. And we're like, wow, you just got an Uber for like $15. That was pretty sweet. Uh, it was only 30 bucks. It was like 30 bucks each. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, for not, like bad. A, not bad. Normally like a $25 ride. Yeah, to get to get away with that, I guess. Yeah. I'll take it. It's it's really right. I remember the first time when I went to London. We got in a cab, you know, the black London cabs, and I saw because there's on the on all the doors it says like yeah, like red light indicates doors are secure, and I took a picture. I'm like, dude, this is like the song. I'm like Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Tommy. I definitely sent it to Tommy and uh, some of the boys back <laughs> home. <laughs> but yeah, the only <laughs> one of the things that little notes that I wrote down about this song. One thing that just stood out to me too is if you've I don't know if you have spent time in like in London. But Smirnoff Ice is actually just a drink that they will drink there. So all we know of in the States is just ice your friends on their birthday. Yeah, or, you see an ice, you're fucked. Yeah, when you want to, like, fuck with your friends. But over there, you can buy these, like, liter bottles of Smirnoff Ice. <laughs> because for them... You just drink that casually? They'll just, they'll just, yeah, like, at a party, like, just pour themselves up like a, like a cup of it or something like that. It was very jarring to it's see like the first time I went drink. there. It's just not one that I would pick for casual sipping. Yeah, it's just culture. That's that's one of the biggest culture shocks I experienced was seeing that big <laughs> bottle of Smirnoff Ice. Dude. <laughs> You're like, wait, so if someone hands me this, I have to finish it? <laughs> Whoa, like, guys, no, 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 no. settle down. I'll what do, do it. The taxi driver thought when he saw you take a photo of the red light in the kid's store, sir? Said this, this stupid fucking American needs to get out of my goddamn cab. Oh, I'm going to fuck with this kid. Going to make him jiggle, jiggle me, me, me blobbers. <laughs> yeah, you out. know, I don't know what they say in the UK. No bad. <laughs> me bad when Jacob and I were in Greece, they, we, we were talking to these British people for a while and we were like, yo, so what, like, how do you guys roast each other? And they're like, oh, you call him a no bad. <laughs> and he did this. Yeah, no bad. No you, or a bad end. You bloody bad end. Those are my two favorite words. Dylan, wait, so, so like full through and through thoughts, like what would you rate this album on a scale to 10 one time listening? I'm going to go... Well, wait, wait, wait. Are we getting into the rating scale? Let's hold off on rating for a sec because we'll. Oh, do you guys? We'll get into our backyard podcast. uh, (laughs) I should have sent it to you earlier, but would you play this in your backyard? 
we'll get into <laughs> our winding down the show. Uh, well, part. I listened to the Darren episode and I didn't. There wasn't a rating there. There was. A rating, oh, it's I'm there. Sure it's there late. Was. You got to make it. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> gotta keep me engaged, Dylan. Dylan, if you wanna ask, because it's I know it's one of your favorite questions. Yeah. I did know Darren had a quiz. I should have got a quiz for you guys. You should have. You got to come prepared. Yeah, and with the name. (laughs) And and know the fucking name of the album. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I told you, I don't even know the album. I don't think I've ever said the album's name right all the way through. You You can't expect me to say the podcast as well. It's too much. Wait, have you guys heard the song Back Pocket by um, Wolfpack? Wolfpack? No. Oh my god. Wolfpack is like a modern funk band. They do. have Have you heard Funky Duck? I'll send you all these. Um, but yeah, I always thought, uh, anytime I see the name, I always think of that song. And I was like, you guys should just use a riff from that as the theme. Dude, I'm going to add that to my likes right now. Check it out later. Whatever Armand says the name of the podcast is, is not the name. Is what the podcast <laughs> is. Isn't what you think it is. <laughs> what Armand says our podcast name. All right. So with, with this album, Armand, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. What would you say is the ideal setting to listen to it? Ideal setting, and we could even say like, like how would you Dude, like to ideal be ideal setting? Ideal setting. I would love to be playing bass with a band. This honestly, like hey. I would love. This is one of those things. Like I love performing just because it's like a different feeling of music altogether. And I would love to cover this like songs off of this album uh with a group like even if it's just us in a fucking garage like no maybe like five people listening not even anyone has to listen just like recreating some of these songs would be so much fun i would say that's like 100 percent ideal what i would love to do hell yeah but besides that listening honestly add a pregame dude i was gonna say like pre-game. getting rowdy yeah. with the lads with the lads but it's like the, the people who actually like would appreciate this as well it's like not a pregame album you can just bump out anytime you gotta have like yeah the right crowd the right people who actually want to listen to it our crowd, honestly. Our friends. Yeah. Fuck your friends. I'm on mine. <laughs> we I appreciate would, music around here. I would agree with that. And real quick, since you guys are... I know, Jake, you have to know the answer of this. Give me some background on the, the album cover. I'm almost... Oh, certain. there's it's, a uh, story behind it. Just a, lot of people, a lot of people look at it and say, this looks a lot like Adam Sandler. But it's not. It's actually a friend of theirs. And that's this whole story. <laughs> not to let you down but it's just a buddy of theirs it's, that's as far as i know dude that's so sick it's like once you're once you're just doing shit like that you everyone on the album cover and people are like damn as long as it's artistic matches the vibe i um, album cover. if i'm i may be i may be wrong about this but i it could be the same guy who on their second album they have a song called brian storm and I first, think first song, huh? It's the first song on the album. Yeah, and I I think it's the same guy. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's the it's the same dude. Brian Dylan's an Arctic Monkey pro now. Yeah. No, when I almost listened to the wrong album. No, just <laughs> you fool! You fucking white guy. Yeah. No bad. You bell end. All right. Well, Armand, here's how we do things around here. I'll send you. I'll send you a screenshot of it. So of a rating scale. This is our rating scale we use. This. Let me know. I'm almost certain the updated list. 
And Armand, you can always add more adjectives because I'm going to add one. Well, I'm going to add one in the sense that actually I heard Jake say this earlier um, and it's not on here. But some of the adjectives we have, bumps, slaps, bangs, goes hard, groovy, tight, the shit, lit, vibes, euphoric, smooth. Those are all positive, positive yeah. adjectives. Yeah. And Just then on the, on the south side, for listeners too, we yeah. trash shit, yeah, no, I keep mid, whack, I fucking love maids. Yeah. So feel free to come up with your own adjective as well we always it's an ever-growing list we want to make it as uh able to cover as much music as possible yeah also any combination of words you want to string together this one uh, an adjective that comes to mind is this fucking rocks bro yeah fucking rocks bro it doesn't uh groovy doesn't match goes hard doesn't match bangs it definitely fucking bangs uh slaps slide slaps bumps not really it's not eh, tight. No, not really. Yeah. It is the shit, and it's lit as fuck. <laughs> vibes, eh, Marty Bomb vibes. Uh, euphoric, no. I feel more angry than anything. But. <laughs> well, here's that's what I was gonna say. Is like and smooth. My my combo is gonna be angsty goes hard. <laughs> angsty goes hard. Although there's moments, like I mentioned, that's Dylan's new band name. Angsty goes. Angsty, angsty goes, goes hard. hard. Angsty goes hard, and the boys. <laughs> they call me angsty but i heard jake say angsty earlier and i was like that's exactly what i was thinking when i first started listening and i'm like all right these guys are young and fucking angsty like i'm just imagining a bunch of guys going out and like the louis ck bit of like eight dudes like that don't get any pussy and like all just being all pissed off after a night out <laughs> <laughs> just hoping that they're gonna run into one big like vagina like eight person vagina that they can <laughs> I, I would agree with you as well, Dylan. I think angst, angsty goes hard. Look at old, look at old angsty goes hard over here. That's going to be a angsty new phrase. Go, well, angsty goes hard. <laughs> it's pretty angsty and it goes hard. Dude, it's just, God, it's just fire, man. Electric. It's such a good album. Electric. Electric's pretty good. Young. I think, I think what we were talking about earlier with, um, like, dude, I, this album, it's like the word I think of is like youthful rage. Mm, not like, there you go. like, not adolescent, but like you're a young adult. Yeah. Like just young rage. Bottled it's, up. Would you yeah. say it's a little before our current age? Like, like now that yeah, we're 25. Honestly, I, like, I would say it's like, like 19 to 23. Yeah. Like when like you're doing is, like stupid like, shit and you like love it. Yeah, bro. See, our frontal lobes has developed. That means we're good. We're fine. We are now smart. I'm an I'm an adult now. Yeah, yeah, my brain works. All right, but <laughs> this shit works. When I was when I was 24, I was a fucking fool. I was a, I was an idiot. I was just I was in I, I was an imbecile. Like the way I was an angsty gohart. <laughs> the way I would describe it is like uh, recently having been out and at some like really crowded bar. I just remember feeling like a curmudgeon. And thinking to myself, like, damn, I used to love going to this bar or these bars, like a like a moonshine or whatever, with a ton of people, water bar, whatever, right? <laughs> and, like, you just never knew who you were going to run into or, like, spark a conversation with a hot chick or, you know, whatever the case may be, right? A hot chick, Still a hot babes, chick. Whoa. Babes. But now it's, like, at this age, I'm just, like, fuck, it's getting kind of late. I want to go home. Like, I, like Dude, what, remember when what we good is going to happen? remember when we were just chilling in the, the garage, like, making music on Saturday. I got a headache, and I went home. Like, I was just tired. <laughs> yeah. I was just fucking tired. I was hungover the whole day. And then I was, that, I was, like, God, 
damn, bro. Like, you couldn't tell me, like, two years ago that I would just be going home on a Saturday, like, 1130. <laughs> <You would have laughs> before just, 2 a.m. You would have been yeah. full of angst and ready to go hard. <laughs> exactly. Young, dumb, and full of cum. Youthful rage. Yeah. <laughs> youthful rage. Yeah. <laughs> That's my rating. My rating is youthful rage. Fuck yeah. Angsty goes hard, youthful rage. What a what an amazing way to, wrap to close this discussion on this album that has changed our lives in more ways than we know. Especially Dylan. Especially Dylan. pretty. I was I was speaking for Dylan's Dylan. life was pivotal. So all right, Dude, this is your life will now be split between before this episode and after you're welcome what your life as a backyard again will never be the same <laughs> yes you have now been knighted as a backyard <laughs> i dub the a backyard again what would you guys say is for someone who is new to arctic monkeys and say this is the first thing they check out where do yeah. they go next uh favorite worst nightmare Okay. Yeah. Which is this, like which is the second album and after was, yeah. after Favorite Worst Nightmare? You should listen to Humbug, which is the third album. And then after that, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you go check out Suck It and See, which is the fourth album. And then you're gonna listen to AM, which is their fifth album. And then you're not gonna listen to Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino because it's not worth your time. Yeah. <laughs> and you're only gonna listen to AM once. It's really good. Trust me. <laughs> it it'll it'll taint the way see arctic monkeys it's like I like, like, like we said earlier it's like black keys after el camino I it's still good no nah. it's just not the same it's just not the same it's not them it's not like the essence i think that's Dude, I, I think that's i, I think that's fair that to the, say that it is a bit of a departure from it's not like the essence like the reason i like love the black keys or like arctic monkeys and like these bands was because of these songs not their newer ones yeah. that doesn't not to take away like the artistry and how good like i do think there's a lot of good songs on am but it's just not like I almost wish it was put under a different. Well, dude, artist. dude, you know what everyone said was that they think that Alex Turner just got too Americanized. He's been spending too much time in the states, and he's been away from home, and now he's wearing his leather jackets and he's greasing his hair back, and he's <laughs> he's fixing his accent, he's and he not... don't got no accent no more. <laughs> and yeah, it's a good album, but yeah, it's different. Yeah. I'm sorry, now I just want to see what this guy looks like. He's a dreamboat. Holy hell. He's a slender dreamboat. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. Yeah. All other fun fact, everyone on the Arctic Monkeys Jake banged him. <laughs> I I sucked the man's penis. Suck it and see. Jake took it literally. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um everyone ex- But first he saw it, then sucked. Everyone except their like other guitarist will sing backup vocals, but <laughs> they're like lead guitarist slash backup guitarist his voice is so bad that they don't even give him a microphone like everyone else can harmonize well enough but him they're just like no you you can't buddy i'm sorry oh another fun fact is the original bassist left after whatever people say i am that's what i'm not so all the bass lines they changed because they got a new bassist (laughs) really really sad story uh jake what you were just saying about the guitarist who doesn't even sing background vocals because it's that bad that takes me back to fifth grade we did a uh like little performance recital in our class and then everyone had different roles and then every every like four characters in their scene had a song and then myself and whoever else was in our song 
we had to get background singers like they our teacher like <laughs> let everybody else have their own solo and then he was like uh for you four guys we're just gonna have no solos just background behind you guys the entire time get fucked. damn you got filleted 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 <laughs> all righty armand thanks for coming on man this is a yeah, really you, thanks for having this is a really me. fun episode dude yeah dude i enjoyed talking about the album looking things up calling you guys by the wrong name it's been a journey I've seen dylan's ugly face on the facetime We're, it's been a good time yeah from from technical difficulties in the beginning to now a perfect ending <laughs> for 40 minutes <laughs> for 40 yeah, minutes there we go here we are we're better and stronger than ever jake are you sweating Great. right now in your car no nah, dude i got the ac going i'm comfortable <laughs> as fuck nice He's not sweating. He's just wasting seven dollar gallons. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I am. I'm sweating because his wallet is wow, sweating. This is <laughs> this is expensive. His back pocket. I am sweating. Uh, all right. Well, perfect timing. My computer is entering low power mode. So, all right. I'm happy to boys. Well, with that, it's last been a thing, pleasure. Anyone out there, please. Yeah. Listen oh yeah. Plug to your shit, Ethan Armand. Uno old ways. Listen to Ethan Uno old ways. Great album. That's my brother. That's why they say I'm the manager because I promote it everywhere I can. And someone best. on the on this podcast has a podcast of their own. That's true. Yes, I also have a podcast called the Play Hard Podcast. Dylan's going to call it the Play Soft Podcast. Ha ha ha. <laughs> but the Play Hard Podcast more like so more like more like work soft. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> Uh, it's about it's a podcast where I interview entrepreneurs about their habits and hobbies and how they manage stress. It's a lot of fun if you're into startup world, entrepreneurship, uh, stress management. It's and also if you like hearing my voice, uh, check it out. It's good stuff. The Play Hard podcast. Play Hard is one word with Armand Uno. Fuck yeah, man! Give it a listen. Like and subscribe to that, and like and subscribe to the Backyardigans. Mm. That's right. <laughs> Give it a share. We're going to have to have our own side pod, Backyardigans, once a month. We just <laughs> talk backyard shit. Just, well, yeah, we're going to reno- we renovate backyards. We, <laughs> yeah. we sneak into it's a like, new backyard every episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually so genius, dude. Like, the premise of that would make such a fun podcast. Just see but, how like, long you can record would, in some random person's backyard. Yeah, we backyard. would get in some sketchy situations, so, like, that would actually be hilarious. All right. Well, we'll, we'll right. draw it up. Well, get out of Baker's and we'll, we'll see it. Yeah, we'll see maybe we could start bakersfield episode one hey get shot perfect yeah funny. <laughs> all right all right happy Boys. to love you both yes guys time to stop recording we keep love on, you keeping on i love you Whoa.